Hello, and welcome to What Goes Bump in the Night. Prime Edition. Welcome to What Goes Bump in the Night, True Crime Edition. I'm your host, Jenna Jensen, with Long Me Is What? What? <laughs> a Long Me Is? Words are hard tonight, apparently. We Who are you? We haven't even started. Who are you? I'm Trevor Jensen, host of What Goes Bump in the Night, main channel. Whoop whoop. I guess you could call this the side channel. But we are back with another edition of our True Crime um series tangent series what yeah. are we calling it the let's just call it jen a and trev talks jen and trev talks <laughs> jesus god <laughs> you're doing poor tonight already banging tables and talking <clears throat> about fucking cocks and shit jesus brain Christ. don't work very well <laughs> no i um wow what the fuck did i call this the other day it was so funny because i was like uh true crime talks with trev and Jen, Jen and Trev, something like that. Whatever it's called online, you guys already see it. I don't know. Anyways. It is late, late. It is. I just hit the gym. I got home from work, and then I hit the gym. We're burning midnight oil. Yes, we are. But we're going to give you guys a little true crime from our neck of the woods. This one is um, is pretty, I don't want to say like special, because it's not special in any way. It's fucked up. So if you don't know what goes bump in the night, like co like host and pretty much the members of the crew, we are from Muskegon, Michigan. So in this little true crime took place in Muskegon, Michigan back in like the nineteen nineties, like late nineteen nineties. Um, my mom knows very well about this. Uh Riley's mom knows. So it's like it's nothing new. But it's new to us because, you know, we're reading from our fancy dancy book. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and let you guys in on what we're talking about today. So this is one of the, I guess you could say, most synonymous or notorious mass murders in the Muskegon, the greater Muskegon area. Um, so in 1998, on November 29th, so literally Thanksgiving Day. Uh, yeah, as terrible as this is, Seth, I've heard it said two different ways: Pravaki or Pravaki. I've always heard it pronounced as Pravaki. I've heard it both ways, so I don't know. Um, Either or, he's a piece of shit. So he murdered five people, which were his parents, his brother, and his brother's girlfriend, and his grandpa, and his grandpa. What if all in one fucking go? coward execution style with bullet wounds to the head absolutely garbage okay so the story is wild the ending of the story you will not see coming the ending i think is more wild than why this man committed murders (laughs) you will never guess what happens after he is caught and convicted and i'm just gonna go ahead and you know, we can just, I'll throw some facts out, you throw some facts out, and we'll try to get through some of his history and his past and whatnot. Yep. So I have a lot of, like, 
the stuff that I was looking into was what people were saying about him when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say that stuff. If you have other information that no, you know, I, like adds I mostly to it. just got like that stuff at the end and like um, just the big key points. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you some of this this background stuff. All right, let's so, hear it. So Seth Provaki was 18 years old at the time of the murder. Oh, he a, also went to Reese Puffer. Reese Puffer. Reese Puffer High School. It's not Reese. It's Reese. You know what? Same difference. I can't speak, so it's fine. Maybe it's Reese. I don't know. I, did, I went to Freeport. <laughs> I went to Orchard View, so. <laughs> but literally, we all went to school within 20 minutes of this. So. Yeah. And I know exactly where he lived. I know exactly where he lives, too. As fucked up as that is. So he was 18 years old. He, um, he was a senior at Reese Puffer High School. Wait, when he committed these murders? He was, yeah, he was a senior. So he did not even graduate high school yet? Not and yet. just decided to no, ma- he, like he, massacre his family? He was still a child in my eyes because when you turn 18, you don't know anything. So you're I don't even consider you an adult yet. Yeah, you're still a, you're still a child. I don't Until care. Until you're like 23, 24 and you've lived some. I don't think you really understand what being adult is. Oh, absolutely. I know. I hate to say that and like try to like undermine some people that are probably like really mature for their age, but you're never. I'm sorry, but I'm 25 and I'm just now. You're like never going to be prepared for life, especially to prepare for life, <laughs> especially since like we're we're delving into these flesh monsters that are walking around among us, and it's like I don't even know how to fathom the fact that there is this much internal evil within people. Like it's it's almost disgusting very much so like it just like it amazes me how young these kids are that are just committing murders i know okay this is bothering me can you please sit across from me on the table because i keep wanting to like look away from my mic i appreciate you thank you oh that was really loud sorry people sorry for your earballs. i keep trying to look at you and i'm like looking away from my mic and i just smacked it with my headphones i know there's a bunch of boxes (laughs) under there too i wasn't i wasn't really thinking you know what we're struggle busting tonight but that's okay because it happens so yeah yeah it does we rode the struggle bus all day today everybody did i bet it's what tuesday wednesday i don't even know what fucking day is um it's tuesday it's tuesday Tuesday. true crime tuesday it's true crime tuesday no so he was 18 and he I guess he he he's allegedly describing his home life as rough. But honestly, though, well, like when I read it, he sounded like he just his parents were just being parents. I mean, I can understand tough love because I got tough right. love. Growing I got up. tough love too. I mean, it wasn't like they were, they didn't care. But I mean, it was like work for what you get, work hard, don't be an idiot. If you fuck up, I'm disappointed in you. But the reason why he murdered everyone was... There is... That's the thing. There is pathetic. no good reason. I don't think he ever gave a full-blown reason. He kept... Like, once we'll get into all of it. But yeah. he, like... He goes back on what he says multiple times and then gives other reasons, other reasons, other reasons. And then he's like, I'm an agnostic, so I don't believe in God. And, you know, like, my parents were out to get me and my brother wasn't... was with them and they were colluding against me. Why would you bring God into this? Like, I, because, okay, because I'm he sorry. Because he became a born-again Christian in prison. I'm sorry, but if you bring religion into reasons why you are murdering people well it's just like people hear demons like it's same thing like it's still religion like you can believe in that stuff but if you bring that into the reason why you murder people i don't care but you're just a piece of shit in my mind no matter what i i don't even think it has to be religious if you are killing for a third party's reasoning and i mean granted if you're doing it for your own own self too you're still 
you, you might even be more of a monster but if somebody's telling you go do this and you're just willing to and you're okay with it you're <laughs> you're something else man that's pretty crazy to me so sorry for all the extra noise i'm trying to take know, off my juice i'm trying to i'm trying to take off my gym shoes i'm trying to take off my gym shoes <laughs> this juice will not get off my feet no but no. i don't know but it's just like, hey, let's go fuck around, have a satanic circle. What is wrong <laughs> with you? A satanic circle and a sacrifice virgins. Do you need some virgins. of that loopy gas? No. The the devil's helium? And I'm, I'm trying to give it funny names without calling it like devil lettuce. No, knows what that I is. know that I'm just really thirsty. <laughs> go grab some tea and I'll continue with this. Because I want some too, please and thank you. I appreciate it. So... While she's going to grab us something to drink, I'm going to continue. Um, this 18-year-old fledgling is what I'm going to call this man. I'm not even going to call him a man. Monster is the best way to call him. Decided on November 29th in 1998 that he was going to murder everybody in his household. His reasoning leading up to this was, one, he didn't have a good home life because he allegedly was saying things like his father didn't love him his father told him he wanted him to move out on the day of the murders but he didn't just say he wanted him to move out he told him he didn't love him which i don't know if it's true or not this seems alleged because coming from seth's point of view granted that his father and the rest of the family in that home have no say in this could easily just say this to make it look better facts big facts so he's and then when this murder happened this was, i was this like a year old too. i was yeah this was in 98 i was born in 95 yeah so i was three years old so we were young when this happened so i don't know like my dad was like so I wait i know is who this that what? was but i blocked him out is this what like Seth was saying about why he murdered his yeah, family? Yeah, he, give, he gives some some indications and like even the even the grandpa. So with there, the grandpa there is did. a uh, we have a confession that we can read in a little bit. Where, I have not even seen that yet, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, for so it. we'll we'll read the whole confession from Seth and the officer that interviewed him. Like I think it was directly following the murders. Which was the next day, technically, because yeah, I tried to like look up um like the nine one one phone call, see if they had like the script of it. You know, I have the entire timeline as well. I Do forgot you? I printed that out as well. So yeah, because, I have all like, the information. I really just need. wanted to hear, like, I just really wanted to read about the nine one one call with. It's I it, I don't know if this is the nine one one call the like the one that you're thinking of. Yeah, and this is the reason why. So Seth didn't call. His no. friend didn't call. No, it, it was been, the parents it been of the April girlfriend. April Boss's parents. Because you want to know why? Because she didn't show up for her third shift job, and that's not was, like yeah, her. Which is very un. So the her. parents decided to and go to the house. And she knew that she frequented because Jedediah, I think his name. was? Yes. I don't want to like make, make yes. light of the name. He of the was. Victims, we, these we, are the we'll real go people. by. We'll call him Jed because that's what people called him. Probably. So, but 
they showed up to the house and they noticed that their car her car was there and and there was a person in the driveway and he darted off into the woods it was seth or it his friend it, it was, was his friend. friend because they were helping move the bodies to make it look like a home invasion mm. and so they got caught before we start jumping through hurdles getting to those points once we get to the timeline sorry i have adhd so it's really hard do. for me to focus it's hilarious <laughs> because you get so passionate about it that you're like bro this is so fucking wild because it is really wild so we're still going to talk about his past a little bit. Okay. He was no saint leading into this. He was caught stealing. He was caught taking drugs. He, um... I I don't know if his favorite drug was LSD. Oh, but he like was taking He was song. taking acid. He was smoking weed. He was... In his own words, he was getting around the school and he was well-known, but he was antisocial from a young age. So you can already see, like, this is, like, if if you were to cast him in the light of most prolific killers, antisocial, weird, I, I don't want to say ideologies, because he doesn't necessarily, like, come off as one that has, like, this idealistic, like, the world is out to get me. This is what I have to do to enact my revenge on it. I think he was just pissed off and he wanted to kill his parents because of it or his brother i personally don't think the girlfriend deserved it though she was just there to eat food it was thanksgiving they were about to sit down for thanksgiving literally dinner. but she was just there so seth said his father never had any positive thing to say and it was as if his mother and brother had turned against him as well so he's delusional but do you also think that, like, since I mean, how it much, could be true, but I don't I know. I mean, listen. So, could it be that he just took too much LSD and the voices inside of his head were trying to speak to him? Because, <laughs> to be honest, LSD is one hell of a drug. Okay. Bear with me. I mean, listen to me. <laughs> Strap in on your bus. We're going to go ride that's on my, the... That's my seatbelt. <laughs> I don't want to call it... We're going to go ride on the choo-choo... Cuckoo, cuckoo. Again, educate LSD me about drugs. Train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me like bounce my seat down a little bit Jesus, so I can get sorry. really comfy. Let me get so my. So I I don't want to say I'm an expert because <laughs> I'm not, but I've done a lot of acid in my day. Where's Alex when we need him? I know. <laughs> that man has done more things than I can count on my hands. So when I was doing my partying phase, which was most likely exactly what the seth was doing which it still does not it doesn't justify it does killing not. your family no never will never can you're fucking crazy if you think so it's it is a mind-altering drug it, it puts you in a state of psychosis so when i was taking it if i was in the right settings with good friends and i was in a jovial mood Everything was fine. I enjoyed myself. I could I could realistically still comprehend what was going on and I could keep myself in line and control myself. When I would panic and I had a hard time handling it, that's when things were real sketch cuz like I said, you're in a state of psychosis. So you you're in control, but it's almost like you are not behind the wheel. It's like an outer body experience, yeah. Cuz I mean what okay, when I first took LSD, mine was an outer body experience. So you're like, 
and yeah, like standing I can, over you. I can see myself. Yeah. See, I've had experiences like that. I, it's all been different. Like you can't, and I'm not advocating for the taking of drugs. I'm just saying in my lifetime, I have, I've tried. So I'm not advocating it. Don't go take drugs, kids. I, if you're Drugs here, you're bad. just fucking listening. Okay. okay, I've lived a life that I'm not always proud of, but I lived, and I'm glad to say I have. So, what I learned was, when you panic, you're you're in control, but you're not driving. So it's like Jesus take the wheel. It's almost like the minute to minute, you're there, but then when you look back on all of it, you're like fuck those were weird decisions i made and i didn't realize it was so obscure so do you think like it's possible that he was could have been on lsd at the moment and that he just panicked too yeah and he just panicked because he maybe his parents did say that stuff or maybe they're like hey you're about to be a senior maybe you should start looking to move out like get a job and he misconstrued all and like yeah and just panicked and I know I've blown out of proportion what my parents have said to me. Same. It's not hard. <laughs> you you still do it to me. You you will take what I say, twist it, reverse it, flip it, and that soul raven it on Drop me. Nothing. I already know what song you're thinking of, and it was the TikTok you made recently. Fucking you're um, ridiculous. No, it was Missy Elliott. Thank you. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. And this may okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So. Apparently, when his father told him that he had to move out and that he didn't love him, nobody in the home protested. No grandpa, no mom, no dad. Nobody. I mean, not dad. Dad was obviously the one that was saying it to him. But the brother didn't say anything. The grandpa didn't say anything. The mom didn't say anything. They just, I, I guess they just colluded against him. It, but that just seems so unrealistic to me. You Very. have You have so many other completely separate individuals from how the father feels. So you're telling me that not one single person in like that him, room, even a little bit, not enough to like, be like, could have just stood up for him and like, hey, that's a little harsh. You not, know what I mean? I was just gonna say, like, you can you Sorry. can agree with the having to move out because I mean, I was told when I was 18, like, you know, like it's beneficial for you to go find your own place because right. then you can learn how to live on your own and actually like get the experience you need going into the adult stages. <laughs> but i mean shit i, w- I didn't if, move out of if, my mom's until i was 21 but that's because i was pregnant with your if, child if your mom <laughs> or my dad or some or somebody in your family would be like 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 i don't love you or like said some fucked up shit that was like hurtful and directed at somebody yeah i i mean i'm not saying like this is how i would act in every situation no i'd probably be like that was kind of fucked up dude like oh, I'll most take definitely. that back like that's like i know you can't take back words after you say them but it's like yo you you fucked up <laughs> Like, don't be doing that shit ever again around me, for one. And two, make that right. It's just, I don't, that's just disrespectful. So I don't understand how nobody that, said That's anything. why I find this hard to believe. That's that's why I find it hard to believe, too. And, like, yeah, like I was saying way earlier, like 20 minutes ago, he could easily be misconstruing all this just because he sounds better. Or he could have just heard the you need to move out i don't love you and then just turned everything off so when he was being interviewed by the officers after they found him and the next day and everything had settled right Mm -hmm. they were saying that he had this like nobody's home demeanor like this mannerism like how you know how you're just like stone Mm -hmm. and no emotion and it's just like you just killed five people yeah and you are 
unrelentingly just calm. Yeah. That's so weird. See? And that's why I'm like, mm, I'd be more angry. And then it's like, I think it, I, and this is speculation. I would think he'd be kind of relieved. Right. That it's over. And I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to go away for prison for the rest of your life. But is that not what you wanted when you decided to do that? So when you did like your research, oops, sorry, I did not mean to bonk hit my microphone. Um, do you think he had some like underlying like mental health issues? Did they ever say oh, yeah. anything about um, that? I didn't, I didn't really come across anything that said he did, but I, I don't think in 1998 they were advocating for mental health rights or not like today's. Day yeah, I, I, I don't think they were like slapping on like your anxiety is high, so you need well, Wellbutrin and this that. Right. I, wh- well, I will say is he was put on Wellbutrin and antidepressants months prior to that. Oh. But I take those. I literally take Wellbutrin, and it has not affected me other than it's like helped me control my anxiety yeah so i don't i don't necessarily think that that's what went into it i guess everybody's chemical makeup is different yeah but i think it helped me personally and i know it's helped a lot of other people so i can't relate. Like. <laughs> it's because you don't want to try <laughs> um, it which no, is understandable it's because i can't take stuff so i think it we'll save this conversation for later <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to start talking about your prescriptions on air so Sir, what? You were just talking about your prescription. I know I was, but I'm talking about yours, though. Yours are more fucked up. <laughs> I'm a fucked up person. <laughs> so, you can see that he's loony, right? Oh, very. Okay, so I will I will just hit this one last little thing before we start really digging in some meat, and we'll okay. start reading some, like, factoids. He asked the judge when he was being sentenced if he could see the world one more and time and hold off before he goes and the judge was like fuck no motherfucker <laughs> who the fuck do you think you are I, that's how delusional literally how, he's delusional. how completely detached these people he was that from are like literally from society this. like he just thought he was king of the world because he's like oh well i just murdered five people i'm about to go away to prison for a long time can i, I just know. go see the world one more time no I, I, get, I see what you're saying with that i think it was more of like a, like he was just like well this is it you're done fucked up aa ron <laughs> this is it you know i always wanted to see the grand canyon should have thought about that before you just massacred your whole entire family. Now, I don't claim to be a good man. But I killed five people. What's happening? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was... That's fucking insane. I, I'm i sorry, but I've, I, I, I give That's the first time I've props, ever heard of that, though. too. I'll give him props for having the balls. Yeah, the balls of steel. Balls I don't even of give him props. Steel You're literally a that. fucking caveman if you think that that's going to fly in court. The judge was probably like, did this motherfucker really just ask me if he could see the world one more time? Could you imagine, like, all the people that are just like, I can hear, like, Violet now, like, forehead slap. What? <laughs> or it's just like, you're fucking kidding. Or me. just like, you could just feel the eyes wander. Like, <laughs> did this fucking idiot just say what I think he said? I'm sorry, oh, but yeah. he's just an idiot. Like, he can't even. <laughs> now, let's get into how much this idiot 
is a total fucking monster. Let me hear it. Alright, I'm gonna read the timeline as I found it online off of Murderpedia, which yep. was pulled off of the local paper. And I I'll believe. also be reading from our Great Lakes serial killers, the accounts of the Great Lakes most gruesome murders by Wayne Lewis Kadar. Trying to get better at citing things. <laughs> I was never good at it in school. <laughs> so, the timeline of these murders uh, was November 29th, 1998. So it was a Sunday. It was noon. After an argument, Seth Pravaki, Pravaki, I keep saying it all weird, who said relations with family members had been deteriorating in the previous six months, is told to move out by his father, Stefan, which he is a 50-year-old. Uh, Seth, 18, a senior at Reith's, yes, he Reith's, R-E-T-T-H, R-E-E-T-T, Reith's? Fucking. <laughs> Words are very hard today, people. Decides to we shoot are his family. so hard. <laughs> At 12.30 p.m., Pravaki goes upstairs to his father's closet, grabs his dad's 22 caliber pistol, inserts a clip, and goes downstairs, hiding the pistol behind his back. 12.45. Stefan Pravaki leaves to pick up Seth Pravaki's grandfather, John Pravaki, 78-year-old John Pravaki. No, oh, he was just a grandpa. Guess where John lived? Where? Roosevelt Park. <gasps> where Stop we it. literally basically are right now. Stop it. Does it give it its address? No. Oh, man. We could have just went on a little, you know. Shortly after they left, Seth Pravaki walked behind his brother Jedediah, who was 19, who had just graduated, was getting ready to go to college. Live his life. Have his whole life ahead of him. Had a, like a great girlfriend for a long time. Who was literally just sitting on the couch watching TV. Has Seth walk up behind him, put the gun to the back of his head, and pulls the trigger. That's so sad. He then proceeds to drag Jedediah's body into the basement so no one will see it. What at, a monster. At one, this isn't even, this is, this is literally when the gas pedal starts to get pushed. Oh, most definitely. I just. It's so fucked what up. What makes me sad is that he took out his brother first. I don't know why that's so sad to me, but. It just hurts my heart that he took out his brother first. Easy target, for one. And it's because he was the first person he ran into, I bet. Oh, probably, Because his, yeah. his dad just left and is going to his grandpa. And I'm sure his mom was, like, somewhere else in the house. And that was but the first person he came upon. But wouldn't she be able him. to hear the gunshot? That's what I was thinking. So we'll see what where this goes after that. So, okay. like I said, that was 1245 when he killed Jedediah. Uh, it's 1.10. Stephen and John Pravaki return home, where Seth Pravaki is waiting. He claims he didn't know his grandfather was coming for dinner. He shoots both men in the back of the head in the garage as they are heading for the door. He shoots his grandfather a second time because the first bullet didn't kill him. Oh my god. He shot them both in the head. The oh first my time. god. Yeah, he shot them so both grandpa the should have just played dead and he would have been alive. I don't want to say it's involuntary, but like, I, like, you can only imagine, dude. Like, you, it, like your brain gets scrambled with a bullet. I mean, a twenty-two yeah. isn't gonna like rip your brain. No, out. like you could survive a twenty-two bullet if it hit you in a, a favorable spot, but it's still a deadly weapon. 
I know. I, I'm not. I'm just saying. Like I'm just like trying to get like build the mood. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying. Like I'm. I know. If I ever get shot at, I'm gonna play dead. Oh yeah. Most likely, I'm gonna play dead. <laughs> that's so hard because it's like my first instinct is like, I'm big, strong, and fast. Run away, full speed, not catch me. I can outrun a bullet. But then the other <laughs> part of me is like, I'm like Superman, and I will snap that little fucking twig dick like right in half sir you're afraid of spiders yeah <laughs> <laughs> fuck <laughs> Pravaki then goes upstairs where his mother had just gotten out of the shower I do you know what a 22 sounds like pew no but it's not <laughs> so like you know how like a 9 millimeter sounds like where it's like a big pop a 20, like what we hear all around yeah a 22 is a lot quieter so like if she has a shower going and like maybe listens to music or something or oh she's not even gonna hear even that. just like singing to herself or yeah. just not paying attention like you might hear pop and you might not think anything of it because it's not it's not unreal loud and plus if she's upstairs it's got walls and rooms to travel through which might not hear it as well yeah so oh god he enters the bathroom and then he shoots his mother, Linda Pravaki, 49, in the back of the head as well. I. This is so fucked, dude. It's the craziest part to me. At 1.20 p.m., Pravaki comes downstairs as April Boss, Jedediah's 19 year old girlfriend, enters the home. She walks into the kitchen and Pravaki shoots her in the back of the head. He claims he didn't know April was coming for dinner. Oh my god. She was innocent. Had she was. no fucking idea anything was going on. She just wanted to be there with her boyfriend's family for Thanksgiving. She probably had already had Thanksgiving with her family and was going to have Thanksgiving with their family. Could you now. imagine that was the last time they saw her daughter was on Thanksgiving and then she was murdered on Thanksgiving? I had the thought cross my head today cuz there we'll cover another one of the the most I'll tell you about it after this because I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it on air until we actually cover the case. But like the most just fucked up thing I've ever heard in my entire life, and it was a true crime case. And I was, I was like, I could throw up, and I, all I could say was, "Wow." Yeah. Like this is bad, but like what I what I heard today was like, "Wow." So, uh, April is killed at one twenty, and then at two p.m. Pravaki calls his friend Stephen Wallace, also senior at Reith's Puffer, and according to Pravaki's later confession to police, tells Wallace he killed his family. He begs Wallace to come over and help him clean up. Clean up, sorry. Wallace goes to Pravaki's home, helps him wrap the bodies in sheets, and they plan to bury the bodies later. You know, he could have literally just said no. I know that he, he could have just called the fucking cops. He, listen, I know that he said in his police report why he didn't get any time in jail because he thought that he, Seth so, was going to so kill we're, him. So, yeah, we're going to jump forward a little bit. He gets fucking acquitted of, literally. Uh, like, of helping him with. Uh, he's an accessory at this point. I don't care if. You scared me. You get you that literally could have said no. Not, you say yes, you get that fucking phone call. And then you call cops. Yes, thank you. Then you immediately hang up and go, Oh, fuck, let me call the cops. He just murdered I, his whole entire family. On the chance it's real. I'm right. Gonna call. On the off chance it's not. It's just a welfare check. Literally. 
But instead, no, but let no, me go let me and go help you hide the bodies. bodies. Like, you're just as much as a fucking gross piece of shit. So I do got some stuff from the book. Okay. Go ahead. Can read. read it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So <clears throat> after that, um, April's parents decided to go and check the house. And they said, and I'm reading from the book. Says the safety of their daughter raced through their mind as Julie at 11.58 p.m. called 911. I am really worried because my daughter's car is here, she told the 911 operator. She explained that when they drove up, she saw a man in a plaid shirt bent over a bloody body. This is Wallace. All right, before you go any farther, at 6 p.m. after Wallace helped Provaki move the, mur- the, the bodies, yeah, he went to a church gathering. Jesus fuck. And then he said, I'll return later. Oh my god. And, and then like eleven midnight is about when they when I'm the sorry. Show up. But how did this man get acquitted? He literally volunteered to come back. That that's where I'm saying. Like Like he got off if, easy. If you called me or say like if Riley called me and yeah. he said, I just murdered my family and my my um my my um girlfriend. Yeah, my girlfriend and, you know, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not going to go over there and be like, Dude, Yeah, let me help you, like, hide the bodies and oh, make sure gotta, you don't get in trouble. something about this. I'm immediately going to be like, okay. You done fucked up. I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to be like, <laughs> okay. All right. Give me a minute. Hang up. And immediately be like, please, God, don't let this be true. Right. Like, please, God. And then... I don't know, like, try to get in touch with some of the other family members. I, right. Anything else? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if if you if you can't get in touch with, say, two people that you're trying to, that live at the same residence, that you know something's up, that you have, like, a suspicion now because somebody said something like that, I'm calling all day long. I just don't understand why he would volunteer to come back. It's like he was intrigued, to be honest. I... He, like that he doesn't says make he's any intimidated, sense. but he, I don't. I like, don't see how you I, get intimidated over a phone. I'm sorry, I guess but I don't know their dynamic or if he's a giant pussy or not. No I saw offense. a picture of good old Seth he's Pravaki. He's four, lanky and fucking gross looking. Literally, this man could you can hit him with like a freaking spaghetti noodle and he'll fold. <laughs> Dude, I could literally flick his kneecap and i'm sure i'd dislocate that bitch literally this man was i don't that's why i don't understand why he was so intimidated i don't give a fuck if you're six four you're six two you don't scare me i should but you don't i should alex is like what six seven six six yeah he's up there and he's uh, heavier than I am. he doesn't scare me like he doesn't scare me either he's a giant marshmallow i love that boy. literally <laughs> but i just i just don't understand like height and weight should not matter for how scary you are. It it doesn't. It's all about the mental state. Exactly. His mental state was well gone. Literally. Okay. I didn't say literally. Continue. Yeah. Okay. Literally. Oh the my first, God. <laughs> the first police car arrived at 12.03 a.m. The Muskegon County Sheriff's Department and the Michigan State Police surrounded the house. They suspected the killer was still in the house. But Seth and Steve Wallace had separately run into the woods before the authorities arrived. Chicken shit fucking pussies. <laughs> yeah. The police captured Wallace as he came out of the woods. Seth, oh, I'm sorry. Seth avoided the police by running through the woods and across a golf course. 
I think I know the one. I think I know the one he's they're talking it's about out too. It's by Riley Thompson Road. Yep. Uh, Seth found a place to sleep and awoke early in the morning when it started raining. In the rain, Seth hitchhiked along a country road. An 18-year-old senior, Reith Puss- Pufford. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's like the hardest fucking thing to say High today. school was driving in, on Weber Road when she saw a hitchhiker standing on the side of the road. Dude, hitchhiking <laughs> was so much more accepted yeah. back then. That's That's the only reason. <clears throat> She readily admits she is not one to pick up hitchhikers, but for some reason unknown to her, she looked. She took pity on the solitary figure standing in the rain and pulled over to pick him up. As the hitchhiker opened the door of, of her car, she realized she had stopped for Seth Pravaki. The funny thing is, she knew. Like, she she had knowledge of this at this of the, point Of now. the killings? Yes. What, okay. I read this earlier, too, that... But she's still... Like, so when did she pick him up, it says? The next morning? Um, yes, the next morning. So, who was it? Um, I don't... I, it doesn't say? I don't know if it says her name. So, it says her name on the website. Here, well, let me keep at. reading. Go ahead, yeah. Um, Ow. she recognized him because they were classmates from school. And yeah, because exactly. the police had shown his photograph around school after he had killed his parents in April Boss. Authorities were worried he might show up at school. She knew he was wanted for murdering five people. Seth climbed into the passenger seat of her car and thanked her for stopping. She realized she could not let him let on that she knew about the murders. She could not let on that she knew he was wanted by the police or she might be the sixth person Seth killed. Seth and the terrified high school senior drove through the rain during the five-minute ride marking I'm sorry. <laughs> Making small talk and the girl praying the Lord would take care of her. They arrived at the house on Duck Lake Road where a friend of Seth's lived. Seth thanked the girl for the ride and got out of the car. When Seth got out and she drove away, the young lady began to shake uncontrollably and sob. She had just faced a murderer and lived through it. She pulled out her cell phone but was so shaken she couldn't dial it. She pulled into the driveway of a nearby house. She ran screaming and crying to the house to use their phone to call the sheriff's office. Within minutes, the deputies surrounded the house and the now passive Seth Pravaki surrendered without a fight. Under interrogation, Seth told the investigators that he came home to find his brother, Jedediah, had flipped out and killed his girlfriend, April, their father, mother, and grandfather. Seth told the authorities that Jed was irrational and begged Seth to kill him. Seth took pity on his brother to end his life's suffering. Seth took the gun and shot him in the head. The detective found the story very bizarre and continued to interrogate Seth until he broke down and admitted to shooting his family point blank, execution style, in the head. All except Grandpa John, who was shot twice in the neck. Yeah. The Muskegon County prosecutor, Tony Tagoo... I think that's how you pronounce it, brought Seth Pravaki up on five counts of open murder. A Muskegon County juror found Seth guilty of all five counts and sentenced him life to uh, life in prison with no chance of parole. The 14th Circuit Court in Muskegon, Michigan charged, I'm sorry, charged Stephen Walls with assisting Seth Pravaki after Seth killed his family. He faced up to five years in, prisons, in prison, but the jury acquitted him of a of the charges you'll be happy to hear though what that in 2007 october 30th 
Wallace, 27 now, is sentenced to prison for 28 months to seven and a half years for violating probation on a June 2070 felony conviction of receiving stolen property. Previously, he was also convicted of vandalism at age 19, domestic violence at ages 22, 24, and 25, and attempted resisting and obstructing police at age 24. Oh so my god. This dude is a fucking piece of shit, too. So, he... I I take my look words at, back look then. He, look who he hung around with. A fucking, like... like a, a menace. mass murderer. <laughs> fucking yeah, oh my God. super freak. And I hate to use that term, but, like, if you are of sound mind and make the distinct decision to end somebody else's life, you're a fucking loser and you're a freak and all that wrapped into a, just a tight little bow of fuck you. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, that was like the next part in the book about it says Seth is currently serving out a life sentence. Steve Wallace found his way into other troubles. Of course. And later served a 28 month to seven and a half yeah, year yeah, sentence in Muskegon County Jail. <laughs> a young man's mon. Monetary loss of control cost the lives of his father, his mother, his brother, Momentary? his yes, <laughs> his grandfather in April. Now Seth Rivaki lives incarcerated until he dies. He lives in his own hell, reliving how he killed his family on Thanksgiving Day in 1998. All right, ready? Yep. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so I got a postscript. KK. Oh, what's the what is this postscript? Um, do we want to just like divulge what happens to him after? That's what I was just about oh, to do. Oh, that's what the postscript yep. is. All right, yeah, read that out. Read all that right. shit all up. I got you. I'll, I'll, I'll read. read the, like, I'll uh, read the my confession after this. I'll read my highlighted parts. Okay. On July fifteenth, twenty ten, twelve years after Seth Vervaki slaughtered his family, he was gunned down as he attempted to escape from prison. Dun dun dun. Okay. So I'll tell you how this happens. No, it says oh, it right it, here. Sorry, I didn't. Re- I thought Shut you. Up. I thought you were just gonna leave it at that. My no, bad. dude, I'm super excited to talk about this because it's fucking wild. Okay, a truck used by the state of Michigan Department of Corrections was in prison compound as part of the prison's industrious program. The program makes products throughout the state's prisons, ranging from clothing to boat docks to license plates. At 9:10 a.m. on the morning of Thursday, July 15th. Three inmates overpowered the driver of the truck. Seth Pervaki, now 30 years of age, and two other convicted murderers, 25-year-old Andrew Ross and Brian Davison, 31, jumped the driver of the semi-truck, forcing the driver out of the truck. The trio then attempted to gain freedom by ramming the fencing. The truck easily tore through the first fence, yet as the second fence was breached, the truck's wheels became hung up on the fencing, stopping the truck. Prison guards responded to the breach in the fence immediately. Well, duh. Like, I, I hope so. <laughs> Damn. I'm just going to sit back and watch it. Literally. <laughs> like, bro. Ross and something? Davidson threw their hands up in surrender, but Seth Pervaki ignored the order. The okay, order. I'm about to go yeet myself off of our deck. I cannot yeet. talk. Yeet. Orders of the guards and continue to run. A perimeter prison guard opened fire on the escaping prisoner, striking and killing Pervaki. 
How ironic. At 18 years of age, Seth Pervaki viciously killed five members of his family. 12 years after this horrific crime, Seth paid the ultimate price with his life in a failed escape attempt. How ironic. He dies by a bullet. I hope he got him in the back of the head, just like how he did them. That's fucking crazy. So, I will read... Do you want to read it with me? Do you want to play one of the characters? No, I'm good. Well, you're going to read one of them. I have to... Okay, fine. You actually just read a lot. I'll read it all. It's fine. That's what I thought. (laughs) Can you guys tell we're married? Yeah, so, that's wild. Honestly, I'm super happy because that man should have died by electric chair. I don't think Michigan has... Michigan Michigan doesn't do Michigan. the death... Michigan. It's Michigan. <laughs> Michigan doesn't do the death penalty, but I'm sorry, but in his case, <laughs> this man should have got the electric chair. I mean... Watch him fry. <laughs> a lot of people got to watch him get fucking shot, so that's just as good, I think. This is going to be very morbid to say. So, also, before you say your morbid shit, I'm going to say some real shit. This also sparked a big push for prison reform and security tightening so like because this the was officer this shot was a, and killed seth no no no. so seth was a ma- mass murderer but yes. he was he was given the classification of like so they have like one to three three being the most dangerous one being the least mm-hmm. he was given a one what on the grading scale of like danger like in prison yeah so when he was sentenced and put into which prison he was going to he went up north to canosa i think it was yeah i think i know what you're talking about and it was it's a it's it's a maximum like mid security so like i don't know the exact term but it's like it's not like super maximum security like guantanamo bay bullshit yeah it's like hey it's a little more chill there's still really hard convicts in here but they're not fucking off causing a bunch of problems but here's the kicker he was literally fucking off and getting in trouble in prison all the fucking time he was why does that not surprise he me? was caught giving a tattoo to somebody he was caught not with, a he, prison tattoo <laughs> he, he was caught with weed he was like weed? I, I i did drug trade in there you know, okay first like, off okay of if shit. you've ever been to prison can you please email what's the email what goes bump the night at gmail i think so can you guys just please go to, just google what goes bump the night can you guys please i'm so curious can you please email us and tell us how you guys sneak drugs in like i want to know oh dude you'd be surprised like i really want to know like i want to hear your prison stories so please send them to the email there's a few that i know of personally just from hearing it are you gonna talk about you know who no oh okay (laughs) um somebody else that i know that did it oh do tell I, i'm not gonna say names i'm not gonna name drop or anything but they said people would throw shit over the fence what yep like and nobody would notice they, a lot of times they would get caught or they would strap it like birds and shit birds i'm not i'm not even fucking like joking. they would train birds not train them but like i mean you just hope the fucking bird lands in there and like, you just hope to god the like, bird it's, lands it's, in the prison it's, no it's not like that it's like um like you give a bird a scent or like you know what i mean like you try to get it so it it knows where it's going 
because of whatever sense it has. Yes. And then it'll go there. Or the guards are in on it. And they have, like, their own little, like, you know, cut of it or whatever they get. Or, like, things like yeah, that. Yeah, there is some, like, you know how there's there shady a, cops? There's there also shady there prison guards. There was a big thing about a, pr- a bunch of prison guards fucking a bunch of female inmates. Ugh, that's a big old some oop. female prison. You probably heard about it. There's you know? someone that I know. He collects shivs. That's fucked up, dude. That, like, they will Hold get up. caught with. That's he, fucked up. He's not allowed to take them home, but he takes them home. And he has, like, this own little fucking collection of just shivs. And he's like, yep, that one was used to stab someone, Have blah, blah, blah. in person? No, I've just Don't. seen I've just no. seen them. This man no. is incredible. Like, if you collect shivs from your job. I'm concerned. I'm concerned for your well-being and others' well-being. I'm super concerned. Like, that is absolutely insane, and I think you should seek personal like, help. It's, <laughs> hold on. Okay. Here, I'm trying to rationalize this. It's kind of cool. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool because you get to see how they were made, but it's, I guess is there ma- use for stabbing the same, we're someone? Ma- <laughs> <laughs> we're making the same argument as, like, having German memorabilia is cool. Because I, w- I wouldn't think it would be... St- like oh i wouldn't be like oh i don't want this i'd be like no it's it's a piece of history like yeah that I literally want it. is a piece of history but collecting shivs is it's not a little different because it's not of history. Yeah, I was just, actually they aren't really comparable now that you say that you're dumb <laughs> i they're two completely obscure things you know what but just still, for saying that idiotic stuff right there you get to make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich after this i don't cook good <laughs> so Alright, read me that confession. It's just wild to me. That's all I was gonna say. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read this. It's a back and forth, so I will say the names of who's talking when they're talking. Maybe I'll throw some voices in there. Oh yes, your voices. We'll work into that. I don't I wanna s maybe maybe no, don't play with any of these. No, you got it you got it like for the d- deeper voice that yeah, we could do yeah, it's the pitch. Yeah. But I don't want Edwards to sound like this. <laughs> I mean, maybe I do. I don't know. Because, I mean, I can't... What about that sound like this? Oh. Wow, that was weird. <laughs> All right. So, this is Saturday, November 22nd, 2008, from the Muskegon Chronicle. Uh, editor's note. The following is a transcript from the December 1st, 1998 confession of Seth Pravaki to police after he murdered five people at his home at 1301 West Riley Thompson. He gave his confession at 1.37 p.m. to Detective Sergeant Dennis Edwards of the Muskegon County Sheriff's Department. Edwards. Okay. If you can start from, uh, just prior to the incident, what led up to the incident? If I have any questions, I'll stop you. Just keep that one. (laughs) Pravaki. Okay, me... (laughs) Here, I'll, I'll turn I'll turn the uh, the voice off thing for you. Oh my god. Okay, me and my dad never really got along the first the last five or six years, and we'd always argue, just stupid stuff. And my mom would take his side no matter what. She'd always take his side. It's just been getting worse the past six months. When he talked to me, he just yell at me. Never had anything to positive to say to me. I used to be real close to my brother. We used to get along so well. In the past six months to a year, he was beginning to take sides with my parents more. 
He used to tell me how bad I was doing in school, that I wasn't going to go anywhere in life. And then on Sunday, my parents told me that they didn't love me anymore. Edwards. Which one told you they didn't love you anymore? Pravaki. My father told me that he didn't love me anymore. Edwards. Okay. And that he wanted me to move out. He didn't want me to live there anymore. My mom and brother didn't say anything. What happened then? Out of anger and rage, I went upstairs in my dad's closet and got his twenty-two caliber pistol and loaded the clip and went downstairs. My dad had left. He, we, we were... No, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we was supposed to eat real. dinner at one thirty. This was about a quarter after one. I came up behind my brother. He was sitting in the living room, and I shot him once in the back of the head, and I dragged his body downstairs so no one could see it. And then my dad got home with my grandpa... I didn't know my grandpa was supposed to be here, but then they got in the door. I shot them both in the back of the head. Pop, pop. Sorry. <laughs> Keep oh, is it? <laughs> I got so into doing mouth noises. Um, send help. <sighs> it's my turn now, right? Yep. Okay. Where were you at the time they came in the door? I was in the living room, and I heard the car pull up, so I knew they were coming in, and... Okay. Did you hide somewhere when they came in the door? No. I acted like I was just walking out the door and I had the gun behind my back and they were facing the opposite direction. And I shot him in the back of the head and then I shot my grandpa again because he wasn't dead yet. I need you to speak a little. Up a little. Your voice is dropping a little bit. What happened after that? Um, my mom was in the shower while this was taking place and then she had just gotten out of the shower and I went upstairs and I went in the bathroom and shot her in the back of the head. And then when I was coming back downstairs, April came through the front door before I could stop her. And she saw my grandpa and my dad. And she thought it was just a joke. She walked into the kitchen and I shot her in the back of the head. I didn't know she was coming to dinner. What happened after that? Then I called Steve because I didn't know what to do. What'd you tell Steve? I told him I killed my family and he was just in shock and I asked him to come over. Speak up, please. I asked him to come over, and he did. He came over like a half an hour later. I begged him to help me clean up. Did he help you clean up? At first, he didn't want to, but I begged him and used our friendship against him. Okay. I lost where I was. Hold up. Okay, and what did you do at the time? I asked him to get rid of it before get rid of it for because he was leaving after we cleaned up the bodies downstairs we wrapped them up in sheets he looked a little involvement as he could he took as little oh he took as little involvement as he could i can't understand you he took as little involvement as he could he did i did most of the work he just um why did you wrap the bodies in sheets because i was gonna bury them where were you going to bury them? I hadn't decided. Decided? Decided. <laughs> what happened after that? We wrapped the bodies up. We wrapped my grandpa, my dad, April, and sheets, and we dragged them outside <sighs> in the workshop Fuck. off the garage and left them there. Steve had to go get back. He didn't tell his parents where he was going. He took the gun with him, and I don't know where he threw it. He didn't tell me. I didn't want to know. And then? And then I cleaned up all the blood downstairs. How'd you clean up the blood downstairs? 
with towels and rags. What you do with the rags and stuff? I threw them in the garbage bags and put them all in the workshop. Okay, and then what happened? And then I cleaned up the downstairs to make it look like nothing happened at first glance. Okay, and where was Steve while you were cleaning up downstairs? He went back to his house and he went to a church group, youth group meeting or something like, like that at night. And I asked him if he could come back after that and help me and he said he would. And we came back later the night. I left to go over to my friend's house because I couldn't be there. And I picked him up at his girlfriend's house later that night after he got dropped off by his friends. And we went back to my house. We cleaned up all the stuff. We couldn't get the bodies out. Why not? Too heavy. We couldn't lift them. Okay. So we just decided to leave them where they lay and make it look like a robbery. Okay. What'd you do to make it look like a robbery? We took all the sheets off them and put them in plastic bags, thinking I'd burn those, but then put them in the trunk of the car and we were going to take the TV and VCR and stereo and make it look like somebody just robbed the place. What happened then? Then we made very... Wait. Then we made (laughs) every... What? Then we We made made every... Bagged it up in the trunk. I don't know. I I don't know either. He's lying. (laughs) <laughs> we noticed a car pull up, so I quick ran out and shut the trunk and ran back inside, and we went out the slider door. And we were looking through out through the back garage door just to see who it was. And I thought it was a cop, so we both ran. We ran across to an empty lot next door, and we waited for a couple of minutes, and then I decided to go back and check to make sure it was a cop. And then I went back, and it was. And I was making my way back. I was walking down the road to where Steve was at, and there was a car coming down the road, so I jumped in a ditch just to make sure it wasn't another cop. God damn. And it was, and I saw his sirens go off. About 15 to 20 yards before the spot where Steve was hiding, so I thought I saw they saw him, and I just ran back in the woods. I didn't know what to do. I ran back to the spot to where he was, and I didn't see him anywhere, so I went a little further ways back in the woods and I was looking for him and I couldn't find him uh, and then I just went back a little further and waited to see what was going to happen I could see cop cars going up and down the road and then I made my way across the creek I was going to circle around the house to see what was going on from the neighbor's yard and then I heard dogs and I knew they were search dogs and they were going to start searching for us so I ran I ran straight to Whitehall Road and across Duck Lake Road and down Duck Lake Road Oh my gosh, I know exactly yeah. where he's at. I was just going to say, I know where that house literally is. And then I turned on Gibson, and then I could hear dogs following me, so I kept running and ran across the golf course, and I circled back around and came up on Duck Lake again. And then from there, I made my way west, crossing over roads, crisscrossing my direction. I could always hear dogs and see lights, and I could always avoid them and keep making my way west. Then I go to the Weber Road, and I couldn't hear any more dogs, and I couldn't see any police cars, so I thought I lost them. So I kept going north on a couple of blocks and around the around where Weber meets Riley Thompson again. I just laid down and tried to sleep under a pine tree. And then I woke up the next morning, and I stayed there for a few hours, and I thought that they weren't pursuing me anymore. So I was going to make my way back to Jason Fitz's house, where I planned to commit suicide. But no one was home, so I went in the back pole barn and waited for them to come home when the police found me and arrested me. What a shit stain. So, is there anything further that you would like to say? How do you feel about what you did? I feel awful. I wish I'd never done it. It was all a mistake, but I'd take it back a thousand times. 
When I ran, it wasn't going to get away. In a way, it was to get away so I could kill myself because I couldn't live with myself for doing this to my family. Did you buy ammunition? No. Did you steal the ammunition? No. Why did you go to Myers to get ammunition? Because I planned on going small game hunting on Sunday. I never thought about killing my parents until that morning. So, Pravaki was shown on surveillance tape at Myers in North Muskegon just hours before the murders trying to buy ammunition. Wild, because we go to that Myers. <laughs> okay, this statement is concluded approximately 1.51 p.m. And right. that was his confession. That, sorry, I just dropped my microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's so fucked up. I mean... He seemed like he has, like, no remorse. He says that he cares, but, like... I don't think he did. You... You don't methodically murder literally five people one by one by one by one. Like, if you had beef with one of your family members, I can see it. Sorry, that was our dog, if you... But that. to kill all five of them and then for April to walk in and then she immediately is like haha funny joke guys this is this she is a so, wild she Thanksgiving she so innocent she was like haha whatever and just continued on with her life blam and then she gets murdered in the back of the head blam I uh, I'm gonna need a right. palate cleanser after this. On a scale of one to ten, we're gonna start rating these, okay? You wanna rate these yep. and how fucked up they are? Yep, ten being the most fucked up, one being meh. Five, no, one being like not so fucked up, five being meh. It was alright. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, one is like, oh, that's pretty bad. And then ten being like, oh, that's really fucking despicably yeah. fucking horrific. Yeah. Okay. So. I'll Is go first. Like I'll a, go first. Okay. And I'll, I'll give my reasoning. Okay. So, I'll give him a four. Okay. Because he's not the first family annihilator. Nope. What he did was gruesome. Very. And it it's very... It hits close to home for us because we live literally we live very close this, to the areas. Yeah. And this is the first time that I had really heard about this. And I was intrigued because I... I didn't know there was anything like this because there there are shootings around where we live and so in Michigan, it's just not like that though. So in Michigan, obviously, if you guys live out in uh, Michigan, you hear that Detroit's like one of the worst cities. Muskegon is close. Second. And Flint. And Flint. So, like for us, like this is like a big case, but like there's so many. Like killings. there's already crimes everywhere. There's just we just live in the most like. Fuck you, cat. She bit me. <laughs> what? Yeah, she bit my leg. Bitch. Like we live in like, so I think it's Muskegon or Flint. It comes second, in <laughs> leave Gilda alone. I, she fucking bit me. <laughs> <laughs> um, to like Detroit comes first, but Muskegon and Flint come very close to be in second so like we understand it's like, not like a brag it's no just, but like we i'm just saying like we understand like yeah. we like crime we, is evident crime is not new to us where we live it's it's not like very prevalent where we are no 
like but where it's me not and, unheard of to hear about it. Like where me and my husband and our daughter, where we live, nothing really bad goes on, but we live on the outskirts of where it gets bad. Yeah. So when without I say, divulging where we live. Yeah, like when I say like we get it, like we understand crime. I don't understand the killing your whole family part of it. No, but, but yeah. we just understand that Muskegon is one of the dead like deadly cities to live in. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying like it is like you, you it's not like you walk outside and you have every chance in the world to die. You no. could get hit by lightning with about the same probability you are getting a shot if you're not messing with somebody. Yeah. It just doesn't it doesn't happen like that. A lot of these killings are literally like people that are like gang warring or fighting each other or like just, they're just pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with like you know, like you're out in the streets and you see somebody you know and he's fucking your girl and then I'm gonna shoot at him. A it's, lo- it's a lot stupid. of stupid like, shit like that. People literally just shoot to shoot. Yeah. Um anyways I To get back to the reasoning though why I think he's a four is you know, like he's got a high body count yeah. for a one murder spree. Um he does seem like he's a little more remorseful and you know like he just he fits the criteria of being a piece of shit. But not the biggest piece of shit. So that's four out of five. I mean ten. Four out of ten. I I probably would four out of ten fuck yous. Yeah. Four out of ten fuck yous. I give it like a five. I think, I think it was a little worse than mm, I just I think the ones we're going to cover get a lot worse. Yeah. Um I just think that why he's a five because i don't really think he had remorse because he was fucking off in prison yep so that's why i, I really... mean it is a completely different world in prison yeah from but what still we know. but, but yeah, still, i know what you're saying so i that's why i think he's a five because yeah. i really don't think he oops jesus fuck, that's the second time i've dropped my phone during that live broadcast i'm so sorry i got a cat literally like She's boxes. in the boxes. I don't, I don't then you got Lulu who won't sit still. Okay, we're about to wrap this up because our animals are driving us crazy. Not only that, like I think it's about time for me to go get my palate cleansed because that was that was hard. It's hard to talk about family annihilators because it's really rough. And I'll tell you later about what I the the one that I heard about today on the podcast I listened to. So we just want to say we love you guys and thank you so so much for giving and. Remember, you can find us on Everything. all the socials. If you go to um, What Goes Bump the Night podcast on Google, you'll find the links to everything off of the Podbean website. You will get basically every link that comes up up there for you. Um, check out merch. Check Yeah, check out the merch. Merch is sick. Uh, make sure you go check out all of the live streams that we are doing on our main series stuff right now with me and riley we are interviewing some awesome click that notification bell so you know when they go live please 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 we are going to continue bringing you content like this me and riley have been talking about how we're going to start bringing more content like we were doing with the reading of the stories and the bringing of stories of other things like hey there's a bigfoot out in these woods 
Yes. But I also want to say, like, thank you guys for being Who, me, so Riley? interested. No, the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> to being so interested in our first episode. Like, we really did yeah, not think yeah. it was going to go off like that. But you guys did the damn thing. Yeah, it's really we nice We love you that, guys. That you guys are gobbling up this content. and But also, like, hell yeah. send us stuff of what, tr- what true crime you guys want us to cover. Like, Blow we're open there for that. Like, Trevor knows that I'm obsessed. Blow it up. Blow it up. Blow Check it up. Check out the Instagrams, the TikToks. Oh, we got we a TikTok. We just got a new TikTok. Yes. Me, Jenna, and Riley are all going to be working on that, trying to make cool videos for you guys. Riley just posted the first one today, and it's sick. So we you should go check it out. We have some more investigations coming your way. Fairly, fairly soon because fairly the weather is finally soon. turning. But we live in Michigan, so anything can happen. Yeah, but there's a lot <laughs> coming down the pipe. We're going to keep doing these. It is True Crime Tuesdays. This is probably going to be released on Wednesday because it is fucking already midnight. So it is already Wednesday. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We had to put baby down and Jenna worked till nine tonight. So. And I went to the gym because you know you gotta, you know it's about to be you hot girl summer. Ch- you gotta get ch- your bod season in summer season form. <laughs> I'm over here eating Oreos and cutting out magic cards that I made with the printer. We and, love you though. It's okay. And I'm making podcast stuff. But I also want to say how proud shape. I am of you guys for like getting more um, follows and everything on YouTube. Like your guys' YouTube is doing really good. Yeah, I'm I'm super thankful for Riley's ingenuity and Riley. his creativity. For real. <laughs> I know he's gonna listen to this too. I know he is. So this is my little, up his this, head. this is my <laughs> little like I love you, buddy. Love you. I am very appreciative of all of the hard work you do for the podcast and all the behind the scenes stuff that you do. It doesn't go unappreciated. Oh also it's awesome. Also check out the dubby. Shit's oh, good as fuck. Duh. I cannot believe I forgot to say that the last time. Dobby. So recently we were given a partnership code. So every time you go by Dubby Energy, which is jitterless energy built for maximizing brain power, limiting sleepiness to a minimum of none. And helping you focus on whatever task you're trying to achieve, whether that be video games or reading a book or working honestly, because I will drink that at work as a caffeine substitute, and it works wonders for me. So if you go to Dubby, and when you check out, I think it's, fuck, I think it's What Goes Bump. I think. Sure. I don't know, but I will. <laughs> I will check with Riley. Don't hold me to it. It'll be in the description. So this is not Trevor Riley conning me into saying this. Like this is coming from me. I've tried the W, it's and good. I have severe ADHD. Okay, like I Trevor can vouch for this. I don't sit still. Um, she can't have certain colored dyes. I can't have certain colored off. dyes. It's I bad, bad guys. Can't have very caffeinated drinks. So when I drink Dubby, so I said tea. Give it, me some tea. It helps. Like I feel. It's just water and coffee extract. Literally, like it does not mess with me at all. But yeah. it does make me have to go poop a lot. <laughs> it's, it's just because it's got like plants and good things in it. For so you. if you need like a good like. <laughs> in <laughs> tummy <All right>. relief. <laughs> All right, I think that's enough. 
Uh, you guys are wonderful. This has been another episode of the Jen and Trev Crime Talks. True Crime Talks. Yeah. Crime, true true Crime with Jen and Trev. Trev and Jen. The Jensen's. Jen. True Crime Corner with Jensen's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's too late for this shit. I love you guys. Remember to keep your ears and eyes open. For what really goes bump in the night. And in the flesh. Dum, dum, dum. Because people can be flesh monsters too. Watch out for them skinwalkers. Bye. Flesh pedestrians. Bye.